0: Could be learned. This world could be a better place.
1: St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org.
0: Injured in an accident? Call Creed and Creed in Monroe for local experienced representation. This is KNBB Dubak, Rustin, Monroe,
1: 97.7. It's time for the Louisiana National Bank Lead Tech Blue Radio Show. This is your source for Louisiana Tech Sports News. For the next 90 minutes, Bleed Tech Blue Radio goes deep inside football, basketball, and recruiting. Tonight's show on Sports Talk 97.7 is also brought to you by Courtesy Automotive Group, Walpole Tire, Brister's Smokehouse Barbecue, Dairy Queen, and Bienville Motors. Text us at 888-993-7762. Here's your host, Ben Carlisle.
2: Bleed Tech Blue Radio. BC, Beck Haynes, John Terror, Sports Talk 97.7. You can get us on the hotline or text line, number 888-993-7762. Catch on our Facebook page as well. Sports Talk 977. Beck Haynes. good evening, sir.
3: Evening to you, BC. We don't have much to talk about today, do we? Should we go ahead and
2: get it out of the way?
3: I mean, I've debated on whether we ought to just Give about two minutes to UTEP and then just move on. Louisiana Tech falls at UTEP
2: 19 to 3 on the road Saturday evening in El Paso. Bulldogs fall to 2 and 4 overall. UTEP, uh, now 6 and 1 overall. Bulldogs 1 and 1 in Conference USA. UTEP now controls their own destiny over Louisiana Tech 3 and 0 oh in Conference USA. Uh, To say that it was a lackluster performance offensively probably would be putting it nicely. Yeah. We've
3: talked at length. It's probably the worst we've, we've seen uh, Uh, in the skip era. In the skip era. I think that's Uh, fair to say. You know, we've had, certainly had games before where the offense wasn't clicking, didn't put up that many points. But what was, wasn't against UTEP. Right. One against UTEP and it wasn't when we got four turnovers either. Uh, uh, that's correct. That's a that's a big uh, no-no stat if you're trying to win a game, getting four turnovers and uh, three points. Two of the turnovers were in the opponent's side of the field. Let me just tell you this.
2: Uh, Louisiana Tech offensively uh, went three of 14 combined on third and fourth down. Uh, 278 total yards. Turned the ball over three times. Also stuffed on fourth and one two separate times. Got three points in five trips into the red zone, not gonna sit here and uh be a little milk and cookie boy in here. That ain't too pretty.
3: Not good at all. And I I, I didn't see it coming. I don't feel like you saw. It. I thought the game would be forty two seventeen. I think was my. Uh, I thought early
2: on you could tell pretty quickly mm. though. Uh, Louisiana Tech didn't look uh, too dialed
3: well, in. Well, they, they did. UTEP, to their credit, they did exactly what they needed to do to beat a team like uh, they Tech. Came they out came with out with their hair on fire and with five minutes. L- to, five minutes of the game gone, they'd already scored 14 points. I mean, you got to punch them in the mouth early. That's how you beat teams like that. Tech just never got up.
2: Uh, got on their heels early. and uh, Someone
3: argued they never got off the bus, man. Tech got on their heels early
2: and uh, ultimately were knocked on the old rear end.
3: It was You were in I, my house watching the game. And listen, we, we they we got was, bullied. We got bullied and it was it was as frustrating of a, of a sporting event I've ever seen from, from a Louisiana Tech Athletics. Just to put it nicely,
2: it was an ugly performance all around. Austin Kendall throws for only 164 yards. Uh, two touchdowns in this one. Uh, or no, no he did not. Yeah, zero Gosh, touchdowns, three interceptions. Excuse me. Uh, speaking of Austin Kendall, he'll join the show tonight at 7 p.m. The Bulldogs no, said Talk that? about his journey to Louisiana Tech. Probably doesn't want to talk about UTEP. Uh, probably not, but we'll look ahead this week. Obviously, 24th ranked UTSA. Coming to Ruston, uh, Roadrunners seven and zero. Coming <laughs> best off best their... team
3: they beat. Who do they beat? Do
2: they uh, best team they beat. Two and four Western Kentucky. I don't know. Okay, maybe so four similar to UTEP. Memphis, similar to UTEP, where a little more convincingly than uh, UTEP. Yeah, beat Rice forty-five to zero. Yeah, last second weekend. shutout of the year. Shutout incarnate word early in the year. Okay, uh, maybe right. Lamar. Not sure. Oh. One of those schools out they, uh, the man the whack now. Maybe the South. Southland, I'm not really nobody, sure nobody knows. what those FCS schools in Dallas are. We'll have uh, Jared Kalmus with Alamo Dome Audible, uh, podcast over in San Antonio. He'll join us at 6.40 to discuss the Roadrunners and the Bulldogs. But Beck, um, I, I guess it's time to close up shop on UTEP. Really, there's not a whole lot to discuss. It was a dismal offensive performance, like we said, 278 total yards Austin Kendall was faced with constant pressure. I think the more concerning thing to me is this. And and Skip mentioned this in his press conference today. Probably got into a drop-back passing game a little too quickly in that one. Uh, Got away from the game plan about midway through the first quarter. Uh, Louisiana Tech dropped back to throw on 79% of its throws against UTEP. Kendall was pressured, I believe, 17 times.
3: Yeah, no shot that was the game plan going into the game. Uh,
2: Here's the problem. UTEP only blitzed twice all night. Offensive line was not good. I know Fournier uh, right tackle was dealing with an ankle. I think Byron Rossell separated his shoulder in pregame warm-ups. But bottom line is Tech was not ready to go offensively. Dismal offensive performances. Put it on the coaches. I'm fine with that. It was not a good offensive performance no bones about it but big news Uh listen we've talked about conference realignment a lot a lot over the first 8 shows of the year obviously the dominoes began to fall back in August Texas and Oklahoma announced they're going to the SEC AAC says hey forget it we're going to poach what's left of the Big 12 well yeah that didn't happen Big 12 poaches the AAC they add UCF. They add Cincinnati. By the way, that's the second-ranked team in the country, the Cincinnati there, Bearcats. There you go. Uh, they add Houston. They also add BYU, which is currently an FBS independent. That leaves the AAC with the balls in its court. News breaks late last uh not late last night, but middle of the evening, about 6, 630. Pete Thamel, Yahoo Sports breaks the news. The AAC will add UTSA. Rice, North Texas, UAB, which I think was the shoe-in, FAU, and Charlotte. <laughs> um, I understand why they added these six programs. Pretty clear it boiled down to who was in the biggest markets. Uh, it grid- ain't because of football records. Uh, there ain't no doubt about that. There ain't no doubt about that. They ain't exactly the cream of the crop on the gridiron. Uh, listen. The, the Athletic wants to spin it in a number of different ways, and obviously they're hearing from AAC sources. Uh, they want to get into some different recruiting grounds. I don't know why SMU would need help getting into Dallas when they're closer to Dallas than North Texas. <laughs> um, I understand Rice maybe, but uh, no, their stadium did not fall down. It's actually still standing. Yes, UTSA still plays in a high school basketball gym. Like we said, I think you can understand UAB with their recent line of success. Also open a brand new football stadium, which is a butte. And FAU and Charlotte, listen, let's be frank, nobody cares about those two programs. They want to get into markets. Had nothing to do with recruiting. Doubt East Carolina needs help going into Charlotte and out-recruiting the 49ers.
3: So, let me ask, before we go any further, I, I know that... Obviously, it's it's big market. These are in bigger cities. It's an odd move. I'll be honest. No, but like, what I guess is it the the hope that you're going to engage the fans there? Is that like if you don't have fans or oh. buy in in the market, why do you? Why is that market attractive even if it's big? Uh, it's a good question. I, I think that you know we've talked so many times about Judy. This
2: Judy, that obviously Judy McLeod, the conference USA commissioner. Yes, yeah, she's called a commissioner. She does nothing but. What was Conference USA's biggest issue from nine years ago when Louisiana Tech entered the league? They added markets. And let's be honest for a sec. It was the death of Conference USA. Yeah, absolutely. Not only do no, no fans show up at the game, there's not real great regional rivalries. I mean, you got FAU, FIU. You got Tech, Southern Miss, which has some intrigue some years. Um. I mean, who else you got? Middle Tennessee, Western Kentucky. Like nobody really
3: cares. But AAC just did the same exact thing. They just and that's what it. I wonder.
2: They they want to claim this Power Six mantra. I think they just so, stabbed
3: themselves in the heart. So what what is the how are the teams that are in the AAC now feeling about who they added? I don't because know. it's not aside from that. UAB and UTSA. I guess like that's not a great lineup, it's football not. wise. It's not a great lineup outside of SMU. So if I'm in a conference, then all of a sudden they add four teams that I really don't care anything about or have any relevance in football at all. I mean,
2: I think that's the I think that's
3: the question mark.
2: And Bill Connolly at ESPN said that. You know, I think the most obvious move of the AAC would be to add UAB plus one school. I mean, you could make a number of. Uh, different cases for a number of different teams, but to add six, I do think it's fair to point out, we we heard the rumblings of North Texas and Rice and UTSA potentially wanting to pack their bags and go to the Mountain West. Um, I think it's fair to say the Mountain West duked the AAC two times. Not only did they hold on to Colorado State, Air Force, San Diego State, and Boise, they also forced... The AAC to take UTSA, Rice, and UNT, which nobody cares about. Right. And, I, you know, obviously, what can you draw from social media? Listen, we know what social media is at this point. Social media gives everybody a voice that, that, quite frankly, don't have a clue. But it's interesting to see North Texas and UTSA this afternoon trying to state their case as to why they belong, trying to tell Temple fans they don't know why they're ticked off because they don't know how good their programs are. What are you good at, and when are you going to be good at them? That's my question. Yeah. yeah. Like, like when, when has North Texas had any national relevance in football?
3: I just, I that's, I get that the market's big, but I'm like, why are you not going after relevance? And not that I mean, you can we can argue all day long whether their tech actually has that relevance or not, but I just don't. Get I'm not that. even saying
2: this from a tech perspective. I know.
3: Brett says the hilarity of AAC poaching conference USA market teams is poaching conference USA market teams is the downfall of conference USA that they are poaching which is what we just said. It's hilarious. And he said he's seen social media posts of upset SMU, Tulane and UCF fans, but they aren't the powers that be that make those decisions.
2: I just wonder in the back of my mind if the SMU maybe Memphis, maybe a Tulsa, maybe a Tulane if they have a backup plan saying, "Hey, can add who they want to add? Yeah, we're getting
3: out of here. It's not a. Tra- I mean, I, I'm. I don't know. It's a.
2: And, and I thought our good friends at Go Tech, please don't die, posted a an interesting tweet to UAB fans. They said, "Knowing what you know now, obviously you're the one shoo-in right. from Conference USA." Are you happy? Are you happy? And I was looking at some of the responses. like they're like onward and upward. I guess like we're not staying put. They're like, but are they chasing what the AAC used to be? Well, now the AAC consists of, I believe, 13 of 14 members are former Conference USA yeah, it's, members. Yeah, it's just, it's just a... How about this stat? The MAC, which we all rag on the MAC at times, now has more BCS and Access Bowl appearances in it oh, yeah. than the AAC has. Yeah, they're laughing all the way to the I, I Listen, I'm not here to bang on the AAC, but I just... It was a yeah. very interesting.
3: No, game. And, and I think we need to acknowledge that. It, yeah, it stings a little to not get invited. And I think we thought we had a chance. Yeah, and I mean, I, and I we're wondering what happened. What what caused us to lose that chance? It's easy to look at the teams they got and realize, hey, it was a market decision. But it's it clearly be, a market. Decision. Begs the question is like, how do we going forward make ourselves marketable? Uh, we can, you, we're not going to be a. a, a Two hundred thousand dollar or two hundred thousand people town, like, gonna which is not going to happen. So, what do we do? You better university? keep enhancing now, the facility, right? One hundred percent. But like just just to say that, like I don't want to come off as some butt hurt fans that didn't get in the AC no, and I like agree. bashing it. But I, I do have questions about. We like, do get butt hurt around here a little, little bit, though. A little bit. But I'm just saying, I don't. I don't get what's the. I'm not. If I'm in the AAC and I just see those teams that get added, I'm like UAB, great. UTSA, I guess, which is. Well, Crazy my thing was, that. if Tech was to get into the AAC,
2: hypothetical situation, a lot of my reasoning behind that would be to get away from UTSA, get away from North Texas, get away from Rice, get away from Charlotte, get away from FN, FAU. And was, now they're gone. I want to be in a conference where every school slash program is invested. Like, don't give me the crap where UTSA is invested in their programs because they built this facility. News for you. 99% of programs across the country are building new crap. Yeah, like, that's absolutely. just how it goes 100%. in this era. Matt from Mending, now residing in Pineville, says, with the news of six CUSA schools potentially leaving for the AEC, what do you think is Tech's next move in all of this? Is it the Sun Belt or stay put or what? I think we're going to get to that. I think, real quickly, I think initially... Conference USA tries to come together with its eight remaining schools, see if they can make some pitches to some other schools, whether it's Liberty, whether it's James Madison, I don't know, maybe a school in the Sun Belt. I think that's the initial move. If that fails, I, I, I think there's reason for concern. There's no doubt about it. So let's go ahead and take our first time out. When we come back from the break... Will of the people will join us. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, Sports Talk 97.7.
4: In North Louisiana weather. For tonight, we will have mostly clear skies. Lows will be 54. Wednesday, we are going to start off our day with some patchy fog, but that should be gone by mid-morning, leaving us with beautiful sunny skies. Highs will be 82, with our overnight lows 63. Thursday, we are going to continue with lots of sunshine in the area. Highs will be in the mid-80s, with our overnight lows in the 50s. Friday, we are going to start off our day with mostly sunny skies, and then we have a slight chance of some thunderstorms rolling on in later in the afternoon. Highs will be 81, with our overnight lows in the 60s. Saturday, more sunshine, absolutely beautiful. Highs will be in the 80s. I'm Tor. Heart on Sports Talk 7.
5: This is Jason Walker with Louisiana National Bank. No matter if you're buying your starter home or your forever home, Louisiana National Bank can take care of all of your home buying needs. Our rates and closing costs are competitive with not only your home team bank, but also those big online lenders. We have an amazing product portfolio, which means more ways to get you in your dream home, including low and no down payment options for qualified customers and properties. Conveniently apply online at ln.bank. L for Louisiana, N for National.bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.
6: This is Chris Brister, owner of Brister Smokehouse Barbecue in Ruston. The past year has been challenging, and I wanted to say thank you to all who have supported us. Without you, we couldn't serve the delicious scatter load, our great ribs, or our newest menu items, smoked wings, jalapeno cream corn, or our smoked cheddar mac and cheese. So from the Brister's family, thank you. Please come see us at 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston. Get your edge on local and regional sports with
7: the edge on sports talk radio. Jim Taylor, Fort Lincoln, brings you the 7 to 8 a.m. hour Monday through Friday. It's local regional sports talk with an edge on Sports Talk Radio. <laughs>
1: gotta love it tech sports that is that's why there's bleed tech blue radio brought to you by louisiana national bank call or text the show at 888-993-7762
2: bleed tech blue radio bc Beck Haines, john Tabor, sports talk 97.7 let's go right to the hotline will of the people please bless us with your knowledge
8: <laughs> bc let me let me say this i um i i, I think you uh you You really hit it in that the intriguing part of this of being in this league of of maybe tech being included in uh in what the aAC was trying to do was maybe u a b tech perhaps f a u and maybe one other program
9: Correct.
8: um whether it be army or maybe marshall and you have schools that are really committed to uh to to athletics you have schools that are really committed to um to, to trying to grow, and schools who honestly look at the um, you know the access bid, the, uh, the you know the getting that uh, getting that payday and in, in, um, in, in achieving the highest level of what we can achieve. And then if the college football playoff expands to twelve schools and you know a G five schools included, schools that aspire to that, uh, schools that also aspire to baseball and men's basketball, and and obviously that. You know, that's none of that. It was, um, you know, the the seven million dollar year payout, um, you know, that type of thing. It, you know, none of that transpired. It's, it's. You're right. It's a group of schools who really aren't committed to athletics. And I don't know over the past few weeks how things have changed, but Rice told them flat out. Yeah, we that they weren't interested in, yeah. you know, improving their facilities was the original demand about a month ago, if you if you believe um, some of the Rice people on social media, was that this is what the AAC was wanting. Um, UTSA was the same way. The, uh, the AAC was wanting UTSA to, you know, commit to a new baseball facility, dramatic uh, renovation to its basketball facility, all kinds of other stuff. And in the past week or so, apparently, all that's gone by the wayside. And so you're actually going to have a league in the a c where you've got what seven million uh a seven million dollar payout to the existing schools and the new schools coming in are going to get two million dollar payout you know how's that gonna work from a competitive perspective yeah. i mean it's it's when when some schools are getting thirty percent of what other schools are getting and i um uh, i'm just i i'm to say that I'm shocked by it now i you know we're you think we're shocked. Go look at what's going on on social media with SMU's fan base, with Tulane's fan base, and especially with Memphis's fan base. Because all of a sudden overnight, you now have a one-bid league in men's basketball, and you have a one-bid league in baseball. Mm. And what schools like Memphis have uh, have invested as, uh, as far as baseball is concerned, what Tulane's invested as far as baseball is concerned, um, Try to be in East stuff. Carolina. Well, without,
2: Try being East Carolina, having to travel to that uh, Cracker Jack Park in San Antonio against UTSA. Well,
8: absolutely, absolutely, and and it's you 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 now know that you're you know this is this is where things are. I'm still shocked that SMU has agreed to be in a conference with North Texas, something that they have said over and over again for years and years that they would not do. And so now you have two schools in the, you know, in the DFW Metroplex. I'm, um, I'm shocked that they agreed to it. And it does make you wonder, do they know something? Mm-hmm. That's what that, I wonder. You know, a month from now, three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, are they gone? And, um, you know, how does that, uh, you know, how does that play into all this? Now, as far as, um, Hughes is concerned, Conference USA is concerned, and you know you have all these rumors about Southern Miss and Marshall leaving. And some people say it's a done deal. Brett McMurphy came out this afternoon from uh, what is it? Uh, you know the Action sports Network, the sports writer yeah. Brett M- Action Network saying that for now that it doesn't look like anybody else is going to be uh, leaving Conference USA or joining the Sun Belt. I would say this over the next week or so. There is one way to keep those two schools in the league, and 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 that's this. Because Chuck Landon, from uh, the sports writer in Huntington, who covers uh, Marshall, has said this. There's only one way they really keep Marshall in the league, and that's for UTEP to exit the league. Yeah. That Marshall is never, ever going back to UTEP. They are just not going to do it. And with the, what is it, the $18 million in um, exit fee money that Conference USA is about to get, the you know, that, that, that's really where that money, some of that money has to go is assisting UTEP in exiting the league. And if you do that, you, you need three new schools. If you do that and then you went out and, um, and brought James Madison in, you bring Liberty in, and maybe you bring in UConn in for football only. Um, you know, some combination of those, of those schools. I I think Liberty, it's always been a non-starter mainly, you know, some people say it's, um, you know, religious reasons of the you know religious pursuits of the school that type of thing. I, I don't think that You know, that's it at all. I think it's fear of their budget. Yeah, no, I, I mean I fear of that. you know trying to deal with maybe down the line a sixty or seventy million dollar budget that type of thing. You you bring them into the league under the agreement that their budget is no larger than the largest budget of any other school in the league. Yeah. probably Old Dominion's budget. I think. 40 million a year, 40, 45 million a year. If their budget is no, athletic budget is no larger than Old Dominion's budget, and they agree to that, you bring them into the league. You can also probably, because they've been looking for a conference home for so long, you probably can get them to help financially in other ways. Maybe bu- building uh, some type of digital network or, or enhancing Conference USA's digital network. I think that would, um, that would get them in. But that is the only way you're going to keep Southern Miss and Marshall, in, particularly Marshall, is if you exit. UTEP out of the league. Now, do you have a commissioner who has the ability to do that? Yeah, I think that's the question. Probably I'm wondering. Yes. But the, the, that is that's the question. But it, but it has to be done. And I think it's the problem too is that North Texas's um, North Texas's president is the what is it the is the president of the is uh, the president of the league. Uh, and since they're exiting, it would be for someone else, um, you know, someone like Dr. Geis or someone else within the league outside of North Texas as president who would probably have to, you know, make that happen. Um, a person like Todd Stewart at Western Kentucky, uh, who is, a you know, a longtime administrator, guy who was in the NFL for, uh, you know, for over a decade and his, you know, has been around the college athletics was the assistant commissioner of the Sun Belt. Someone like that is, is going to have to lead this. And, and really you're, you're going to have to get in the next few days, you're going to have to get UTEP out of the league. If you want to keep Southern Miss and Marshall in the league, and that's what would keep the league alive is, is really those two things. Um, but after that, if they can make that happen, if they could make that happen, I think, you know, conference USA could move forward. And as a you know, as a as a viable league, but um, it, and actually, as a ten team league, it could uh, it could make some uh, it really could make some headway. And the other thing is that you know I gave those three schools. The one thing you would want to do is ask App State. I don't know what they would say, they but I would approach App Marshall. State. Yeah. You you know you right you you appeal you Marshall you know, Marshall goes and, and asks the question, Are you interested? and we'll pay your Sunbelt exit fees. So, you know, if you've got eighteen million in exit fee money from the schools that are leaving for the AAC laying around, you ask App State, you pay their exit fee money from uh from the Sunbelt and you uh you waive their entrance fees in the conference USA, that's where you start. Past that it's Liberty, it's James Madison and maybe UConn for football and you know that's really where you go the disappointment i think for a lot of us is um a lot of the peasants (laughs) probably you know the uh um you know people that aren't the biggest donors is how this has played out over time i mean i've been there since the beginning i mean i was in the student center the night that uh the dr no got up and said that we were moving to 1a in january of 1989 it was the at the football banquet and you know from that moment on it's you know it's been this roller coaster ride, and it's um uh, so many stops and starts and so many things that have happened that um that you really then we're probably ten years behind, yeah certainly five years behind, but maybe maybe ten years behind it um we've had some very well meaning people that have come through over time who uh have no have had no clue as to how to raise money uh you know trying to sell the dream to people we've had uh we've had people come through that quite frankly hated public speaking Yeah. you know getting up in front of groups of people and um and and you know and speaking getting on the radio and speaking we've we've had people that have come through who have hated public speaking and much less going out and asking people for money but um but we're literally Literally, at least five years behind, maybe ten years behind. And you know, would it have made a difference this time? Would it, you know when when this is so focused on markets? Maybe in you know in the Conference USA world, that was focused on markets, but we did make it because we had made somewhat of a commitment. You know, when Derek Dooley came through, we made um, uh, it was clear that we had made a commitment, and it's just not. You know, since those days, there just has not been a sense of urgency, not nearly enough, not near enough sense of urgency. When we got in, got into Conference USA, you know, we had the, the big celebration yes. and everything that happened. I asked someone who actually, within the athletic department, who was no longer there, uh, who's left for another school, I was the first one to say, it. you know, we have to focus on the next step. You know, the Big East, whatever it's going to morph into, Wherever these schools are going in, in the, you know, the realignment game, we've got to be focused on that. Not, and, yeah. you know, we have to keep moving forward and into a practice facility, increasing the budget, those types of things. And this person told me, you know, why would we want to do that? You know, those are schools that have budgets that are so mm-hmm. much bigger than ours. You, you, you know, maybe the, double, right. triple our budgets. And the one thing I told him was, was that, um, was that it, um, it's not what we're looking to be. It's not where we are where we are now or where those conferences are now it's what they're going to look like 5 years from now or 10 years from now and from the get-go there's never been that sense of urgency uh and I'll leave you guys with this i know you're you're up against it but um, you know your league has problems when your football officials don't know the fair catch rule
2: yeah that ain't no and
8: doubt I just, I'll just i leave it I'll leave it at that. When Skip literally had to go on the field explain. and explain the rule to them, and they all looked at one another and got it wrong, then you know your league has problems. No doubt.
2: So, Thanks for the insight, Will. Gentlemen,
8: thank you all.
2: Appreciate it. Beck, let's go ahead and take a quick timeout. When we come back. Got a little bit of a shorter segment, but there's a couple of things we want to touch on. Uh, I got a really good text from Brett on the text line as well. Uh, I'll be right back after this.
4: Panhandle North Louisiana weather for tonight. We will have mostly clear skies. Low's will be 54. Wednesday, we are going to start off our day with some patchy fog, but that should be gone by mid-morning, leaving us with beautiful sunny skies. Highs will be 82 with our overnight lows 63. Thursday, we are going to continue with lots of sunshine in the area. Highs will be in the mid 80s with our overnight lows in the 50s. Friday, we are going to start off our day with mostly sunny skies, and then we have a slight chance of some thunderstorms rolling on in later in the afternoon. Highs will be 81 with our overnight lows in the 60s. Saturday, more sunshine, absolutely beautiful. Highs will be in the 80s. I'm. T- heart on Sports Talk 97.7. Oh, courtesy,
10: a great place to buy a car.
7: Welcome to the Courtesy Automotive Family, where you'll find seven of the leading brands, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. Two pre-owned lots, local qualified service departments you can rely on. You can shop 24-7 online at buycourtesy.com for all seven brands, plus pre-owns. Welcome to the Courtesy Automotive Family Rustin.
11: Louisiana National Bank is your community bank. Whether you are a small business owner or a parent helping your child open their first savings account, we look forward to working together to help you achieve your dreams. We are committed to delivering on our long-term promise, making each interaction with you more exceptional than any you have ever experienced through the convenient delivery of personal and business banking products. Ready to experience uncommon banking? Visit with our friendly staff at one of our convenient local locations or visit us online at LN.bank. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC.
6: Hey, DQ fans. Is there any better way to bring people together this season than the delicious Blizzard Treats from DQ? With the new fall Blizzard Treat menu, there's a little something for everyone and a lot of fall flavor in every treat. Whether it's flavors like the new pecan pie, return and pumpkin pie, the Reese's Pieces cookie dough, sea salt toffee fudge, Oreo mocha fudge, cocoa dipped strawberry, and the Royal Ultimate Choco Brownie, this just may be the greatest fall Blizzard Treat lineup ever. One way to find out is to try it for your yourself today at DQ. Happy Taste Good.
1: Want to find stuff out about tech sports your neighbor doesn't know? Keep it right here on Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by Louisiana National Bank. Call or text the show at 888-993-7762. Bleed
5: Tech Blue Radio.
2: We roll along on this Tuesday, evening, Real quick, text on the text line from Brett. It seems as though all these market evaluations has shreveport Bozier as a black hole that doesn't exist with tech being the largest market presence. Brett, you want to get me on a tangent? Get me talking about shreveport Bozier as a sports town.
3: Yeah, we don't. Wow! There's no room to talk about Shreveport on this radio station. Abysmal
2: is putting it nicely. But, hey... Got the beautiful Century Tail Center sitting right there, smack dab in the middle of South Bozier, not doing a dead gum thing with it.
3: I don't even we it's
5: don't have I don't want to waste their but, time. But BC, they love their hockey.
2: They do love the mudbugs. bugs. Are they still in the Hersh? They are in the Hersh. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Probably it's a leak in the roof, but they're still playing.
3: All right, Ben, so I think it's fair to ask- I'll ask
2: you this question.
3: Oh, you're gonna ask me. Beck, we had this discussion today.
2: And I think it's a fair discussion to have. Do you think Tech fans, in a sense, from a national perspective, we talked about it a little bit last it's week. A little bit. From a
3: national perspective. Are, are Tech fans viewed as elitist? that That's what the guy alluded to last week. Makes you wonder. It makes us wonder. And the, the argument we had today was on whether that affects us getting into a conference. Yes.
2: Is that true? Or the program moving right, forward. Right, the program moving forward.
3: So... I think it's fair to ask where you know to if we're elitist and that means we just we just think we deserve better than what we've got. We think we should be further along than we are. And there's a fine line in in that thought process and you know just the natural like hey we do want to advance and so we're going to try to advance. And I think every school is trying to do that. It comes back to money. We talk about this all the time. Correct. Tech is tenth in the league in budget, correct? For Skip Holt, for correct. for Skip, like it's there's just some things that I I wonder as a fan, and I'm guilty of this too. of of I complain, and I could and I complain about, you know, we we never can get to the next step. And I think we kind of narrowed it down today. This was my thought process: is that Tech is is on the doorstep for the next step, but has been for so long that that's what allows Tech fans to get so frustrated and, and get their hopes and up get their so hopes much. up so much. But in reality, like I think we have an identity crisis from where we are and where we think we should be. I agree. And, and that's a, that's a real problem. And I looking, think, looking forward to, to what we want to be going to. It's like, yeah, like we absolutely, we need to be looking forward and we need to be, um, f- you know, forward thinking and progressive. And that's, that's a thing. But, And I'm not saying back down your expectations. I'm just saying I think it's just because we've been so – There's too much –
2: no, here's the problem. There's too much of a pride in doing more with less.
3: Right, and that's that's tech's mantra. At the end of the
2: day, money wins, money sells, money buys, excuse me. Like, if you want to say, hey, tech's terrible at marketing. Well, guess what? When you pay $20,000 for
3: your – like, you get what you pay for. Exactly, 100%. You know what I'm saying? I'm like – like I don't like it And here's the here's the other part of this is is we got we got a boost from the facilities and and I think that gives us some pride and gives us the ability to look forward to the next step and say we should be better. But reality is tech fans and this is like it's it's one hundred percent a tragedy the the tornado. I mean, the, the, this yes, community right. lost two lives. I'm never going to look at it as something I ever wish that happened. From a f- sports perspective, that is the only reason we have some of the updates we have.
2: It's the only reason you could p- honestly make a solid AAC argument.
3: It's from the a only reason that was not nothing that Tommy did. I mean, I don't. I, I could be wrong, Ben. I could be wrong. I don't work in this administration, but I doubt it was ever, ever on the board and on their plans to build to, a new base to build stadium. a new baseball stadium to build the women's facilities the way they built it. Just wasn't like. So that's not – we got a bunch of federal assistance money handed to us because of a tragedy. So, But that – that I equated it to like the rich kid that didn't do anything, but he's successful in his adult because his parents gave him everything. It's like he didn't earn it, but he's still here, and now he kind of thinks he deserves it. He, he's been living it his whole life. Like we got to where we are with – we did a lot with a little for yes. sure, but we got handed – tens of millions of dollars to make some improvements that we would have never made. You know, and I don't know, Ben, I just I do wonder, how are we way ahead of where we think we should, or are we our expectations way ahead of where we should be? Without money, without money to pay some I, listen, big-time coaches. I, I do coaches. think this, too.
2: I think if you don't have expectations or you don't want to get to the next step, that's a bad thing, and I think that's important. Right, point out. We're not saying that.
3: No, because you need that, 100%.
2: But I think there's some things, too, as far as success that you can't get to Unless financially you have the means to get to it, like let let me let me put it to you this way: we we talk about NC State and clock management and UTEP. Why didn't you challenge the first down on third and one? This and that, the other. Let me put it to you this way: if you had two hundred and fifty extra thousand dollars to pay five extra analysts fifty grand a month or a year, excuse me, like. You might have that little bit of extra staff that cleans up some of those smaller, finer details.
3: Right.
2: Or fourth and one, quarterback for UTF runs up to the line. He bobs his head. Yeah, it's probably false start. But if you have 50 extra thousand to pay an analyst, you might know that that's his tendency to do on fourth and one. No you doubt. see what I'm saying?
3: Yeah, 100%. And, and
2: like, like, I get it. You don't jump off sides. You do challenge the play. But also Nick Saban doesn't have to worry about fourth and one. And I, never going to be Alabama. It's probably a bad comparison, right? But you know what I am saying? Like, extra money is what wins,
3: right? One hundred percent. And and that's not and that's like not to
2: say not to be proud of what no, you've done, no. and it's not to say you can't get to the next level.
3: And it's not to say there is not a lot of donors and alumni and families. They're and doing rustling, amazing things, but, but that's like to keep pace. Am I wrong? Like that's yes. to keep pace, and it's like, Will the people says we're ten years behind, right? But we have the other thing, and this is a I hate this argument. The other thing is we've never. We've never been to the next step before, like, like, so, like, how do you know we should be there if we've never been there? Right, and and how do you like? How can you be mad? I mean, I do. There is a frustration. Like, of you want to be the in- next Boise State, but Boise State's got forty eight thousand in their seats right. every Saturday. Yeah, we night. got thirteen. Like, it's just different, and and so I don't, I I don't want to, uh stifle thirteen. That's rich. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't want to like put a stamp on where like and be a Debbie Downer, but it's we have done a ton with a little and we've gotten some some breaks as far as some some funding but Ben, like we've never been there before you know like but we have been on the doorstep for eight years or whatever call it time. like a long time and my, so I, I I share that frustration i really do but we were we were in the middle of a heated argument today in our group message just about how where check is you know and i just that came to mind is hey is, is it realistic for us to, to think we should be further along?
2: It's a realistic question.
3: Very realistic question.
2: Let's go ahead and take our next time out. We come back from the break. Jared Kalmas, Alamo Dome Audible Podcast covering the UTSA Roadrunners will join us. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio, Sports Talk 97.7.
0: Walpole Tire and Service loves supporting LaTeX football. And if you're going on a road trip to follow the dogs, they want you to get there safely. Count on the pros at Walpole Tire to keep your car in the game. From the largest selection of name-brand tires in the area to expert ASE-certified service, including brakes, tires, and front-end repairs. Your home team for over 60 years. Walpole Tire and Service. Ruston and West Monroe. Visit
5: WalpoleTire.com. This is Jason Walker with Louisiana National Bank. No matter if you're buying your starter home or your forever home, Louisiana National Bank can take care of all of your home buying needs. Our rates and closing costs are competitive with not only your home team bank, but also those big online lenders. We have an amazing product portfolio, which means more ways to get you in your dream home, including low and no down payment options for qualified customers and properties. Conveniently apply online at ln.bank. L for Louisiana, N for National.bank. Remember bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.
2: Hey Bulldog fans, this is Mark Richardson with BMO Motors in Arcadia. Are you looking for the lowest possible price for a used car or truck? My fellow Bulldog and partner Jeff Robinson has been out scouring area dealerships looking for the best possible deals. When he finds them, we bring them to BMW Motors in Arcadia and pass on those deals to you. Come check us out in Arcadia and when you do, you'll be able to say, I know I got the best deal. Go dogs!
6: BMO Motors in Arcadia
1: You gotta love it. Tech sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by Louisiana National Bank. Call or text the show at 888-993-7762.
11: Welcome back.
2: Bleed Tech Blue Radio, B.C. Beckhanger's John Tabor, Sports Talk 97.7. Let's go right back to the hotline. Jared Colmas, Alamo Dome Audible Podcast covering the UTSA Roadrunners. Jared, how we doing tonight?
9: Hey, I'm doing good. I all had a spirited of discussion going on the show, so I'm going people to sleep after all
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. So let, I want to jump into it. I want to tell Conference leader I'm at first before we get into this matchup. Uh, UTSA, obviously one of the six teams from Conference USA invited into the AAC. Uh, you look at this UTSA program, I guess athletics as a whole, especially when you look at it from a football perspective, it's relatively a new program how big of a move is this for UTSA from an athletic perspective?
9: You know, this is the dream for UTSA that you know, everyone thought would take 30, 50 years to happen. It took 10 years, right? So it's really exciting. This has you know, been the goal for UTSA to get into a conference like this, but there's a lot of concerns, too. You know, UTSA finally got to the point where their budget was on par and competitive with Conference USA, and they were starting to field competitive teams in Olympic sports and, and football, of course, and... And now it's almost like you got to start over and just get to the next level, right? So, you know, UD is probably going to have to take a couple of licks, uh, you know, both on the football field and in the Olympic sports as well. But, you know, it's a move that, that has to be made. And, you know, obviously the Roadrunner fans are super excited about it. And, you know, the I think it's uh, pretty happy how things turned
2: out for them. And, and too, I want to ask you this. And I think we've talked a little bit about this a little back and forth on Twitter, too. You talk about UTSA's facilities. Obviously, the Roadrunners don't own the Alamo Dome. Uh, obviously, the basketball arena, the baseball arena. This move, from an investment standpoint in athletics, does this push UTSA and its administration further? Saying, "Hey, listen, I, I know we're tied into the Alamo Dome, but we got to get us an on-campus stadium." Do they? Do you think it pushes them further to, "Hey, let's ramp up this baseball?" F- you know, this baseball facility, let's ramp up this basketball facility, because listen, let's be honest for a sec, like, UTSA's been competitive in both baseball and basketball, you give them a facility that's even further enhanced, I think they could go further, but do you think the athletic administration is willing to take those next steps to push the programs even further?
9: Oh yeah, it's it's, it's definitely fast-tracked at this point, you know, obviously the the football facility and all that it has just broke ground. Uh, but right when they broke ground to the facilities, they came out and they announced, you know, hey, we've got plans for, you know, a, a huge baseball, softball, uh, shared or not a shared separate uh, stadiums on campus. Uh, you know, I'm still not sure about basketball. I mean, it's a huge concern because the Communication Center is simply not going to be able to host campus basketball and which, which does basketball. So they might have to look off campus for that, which is not a good look. Uh, on campus football games definitely not gonna happen anytime soon. I you know everyone in San Antonio loves Yama Dome and, you know, recruits love it, players love it. Uh, so I don't think they have it there. But I I think baseball and softball I think you'll see some move up pretty quickly. Uh UTSA is willing to take on debt to finance facilities. They they showed that with the uh the football facility that was built. So you know I think as the revenue increases getting into this league uh it helps them kind of process, you know, loan payments to get that stuff built. And I, I don't think U T S A is gonna uh, rest on the world, by any means, because, you know, they have greater aspirations, uh, than just getting into the AAC. You know, they want to be a competitor. And, uh, you know, the school president, he, he's all in athletics. You know, he comes from Texas Tech and, you know, he's seen what athletics can do for a university to grow it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he is just going to keep investing and, uh, it's going to happen a lot more rapidly than they probably planned for. but. I don't think they're going to uh, slow anything down
2: by any means. And I have a, a little bit of a, I guess, an oddball question. You know, we talk so much about the G5 level, whether it's UTSA, whether it's Louisiana Tech, whether it's UAB, uh, whether it's a Southern Miss, about how difficult it can be, especially in this era of college athletics, to draw fans. And mm-hmm. obviously you look at this year, UTSA 7-0, and ranked 23rd, 24th in the country, getting great crowds at football games. But from a market perspective, you look at UTSA going back 10, 11 years since they started this program, how have they seen their product kind of ingrain itself into a San Antonio market that isn't necessarily like a collegiate town because it's so big?
9: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. So it's like there's no way that UTSA is ever going to beat out UT and Texas A&M as, as top dog in San Antonio, right? There, there's too many alumni there. They play on a much bigger stage. But I think really the direction for UTSA is they want to be San Antonio's pro football team, right? Because, mm-hmm. we all, I mean, you guys are lucky Cowboys fans or, or no Cowboys fans. There's no way that Jerry Jones is going to let the NFL play team in San Antonio. So if UTSA can kind of Fill that role, and you know they're not going to have support like an NCL team would have. Yeah. But if you can get those non-alumni to come out and be invested in the program, which I think they've done a pretty good job of. I mean, a lot of people that mean tell they have no formal affiliation to UTSA. You know, and I think that's um, part of the plan, as well as you know, growing the enrollment and getting the students more involved. Uh, student section has been insane for UTSA this year.
2: Looking ahead to this matchup with Louisiana Tech on Saturday, obviously Roadrunners seven and zero. Like we said, ranked in the top twenty-five. Jeff Trailer in his second year, now fourteen and five as the head coach of the Roadrunners. Uh, talk a little bit about how much Trailer has meant to this program, especially after they moved on from Frank Wilson. We knew they recruited a, a, and got a lot of talent on campus under Wilson, but Taylor's kind of taken the the winning to that next step.
9: Yeah, definitely. You know, culture is such a, a kitschy little buzzword in college athletics, but uh, Joe Traylor has really gotten these guys bought in. You know, there were practically zero transfers out of the program uh, once he came in, which is pretty rare. Um, definitely not any starters or major contributors. But I think for the most part, I think Trailer did a good job of, like, putting his players in position to just go out and execute and really trusting, you know, their recruiting success and the level of talent. Um, I mean man, I don't know if you guys watched the Rice game last week, but it was it was shocking. Like UTSA looked like a power five team in comparison to Rice, and that has never been the case at UTSA. Um so I think it's part of that. I think also I think Jeff really did a great job of like plugging those holes in the roster, working the transfer portal. Uh, you know, obviously UTSA made a huge investment to bring back twelve super seniors and you know, they're paying the extra uh tuition money to bring those guys back. So I think all those pieces put into place and it really just Started a miracle season for DDFA dfa it can be hard to have those kind of circumstances fall in your lap once again. But, uh, you know, I think Traylor's making, uh, taking full advantage of every opportunity that's been presented to
2: him so far. And obviously, you look at this offense, you know, obviously, we're all aware of Sincere McCormick, the All American at running back. Uh, Josh Cephas having a big year. Zachary Franklin as well. But I want to I talk about the quarterback, Frank Harris. Uh, you mm-hmm. look back at the early portions of his career, he was injured. Uh, in and out of the lineup, I know he had a couple of ACLs as well, which obviously takes away a lot of practice time. But if you go back 12 months ago, I believe it's on the October the 24th where he really took a hold of this starting quarterback position. Now playing the best football of his career.
9: Yeah, Frank is such an easy guy to root for. You know, even if you're outside of the program, you know, come back from two twenty ACLs. Uh, he also, I think, uh, separated his shoulder or had a cargo injury or something like that. Um, I believe in 2019. So to come through all that adversity and come out and play the best football of his life. I mean, it's, it's been awesome to watch him play and you're really his evolution as a passer has what like, has sparked UTSA on this run that they're on because you go, go back to last year and teams were sort of over the box against Susan McCormick because they're like, okay, well, you're going to have to beat us other than your best player.
2: Defensive side of the ball, obviously Roadrunners coming off their second shutout of the year on a 45-0 victory over Rice. Uh, is this a prototypical UTSA defense, physical in the front seven, uh, and allow some of those bigger athletes in the secondary to make plays?
9: Yeah, I think so. I think one of the differences for UTSA uh, this year, they've embraced that kind of odd front uh, a little bit more. So they bring a lot more pressure off the edge. They've got Clarence X and Charles Wiley out there that are kind of those stand-up outside linebackers, um, you know, like to compare them to like a complex mate like UAB has had, with like Alex Wright and Jordan and guys like that, just guys that are, you know, physical freaks that are, are tough matchups for offense to tackle, to handle. Um, so being able to get pressure with them has been big, but I think the biggest difference outside of that is the depth. Um, you know, UTSA regularly will play like 35 to 40 players a game, I mean, it's kind of crazy how deep they're going. So it's helped them stay fresh late in games, and you especially saw that in the Memphis upset, where they were down by 21 points. Uh, But it was a really hot afternoon day, and you know Memphis started to slow down a bit. But UGC just kept rotating in second-string, third-string guys, and um, it gave them opportunity to have fresh legs and kind of make some good plays late in the game. So I would say that was really the biggest difference. Other than that, you know, it's pretty similar to last year.
2: Last question, we'll let you get out of here. UTSA, seven point favorite, I believe, right now, uh, looking at the betting line. What what are some of the keys to the game uh, for you from UTSA's perspective as they travel to Louisiana Tech Saturday night?
9: So, first one's easy. Uh, that offensive line for Louisiana Tech is very vulnerable. Uh, I, I was shocked to see how much pressure UTEP was able to get against them because Louisiana Tech's always had a pretty good lines through, uh, through the past couple of years. So, I think if U can force Austin Kendall to, to get out of the pocket and you know have to throw on the run, I, I think it's gonna prevent them from putting up, you know, pretty big numbers. Uh so that's amazing. The and then offensively for UTSA, you know, can Frank Harris just keep it up? You know, I have noticed Luffin Tech is playing a very much bend but don't break style on defense. So, you know, can they be disciplined and, and take those five yard gains when they're there and not try to force the issue, uh, you know, make, try to make big plays?
2: Absolutely, man. Well, we appreciate it. If any of our listeners want to follow uh the fantastic podcast that you do, or y'all do, uh where can they find that at?
9: Yeah, so on Twitter, we're at Alamo Audible. Um, you can just search for Alamo Audible on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff, everywhere podcasts are at. So we've already done a listen tech reading this week. I hope you guys check it out. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Take care.
2: Jared Kalmas, Alamo Audible Podcast. Beck, I don't know if we've mentioned this yet throughout the first what are we, 53 minutes in? There we go. Uh, Tech UTSA is the old lock of the year.
3: Yeah, that's uh, oh, a. Oh, low dicey a for BC. Dicey. You've been backing off of it slowly for the past three weeks. Uh, have I? Yeah, you've been just bringing it to light, like getting out in front of it so before I could say anything. Uh, I think you're feeling a little nervous.
2: Uh, not going to lie to you. Hold on for a sec. Uh, you go back to 2018. Uh, Tech lost to Southern Miss. That was our first lock of the year in 2019. Right. Uh, I believe that was a four-interception outing for our boy, Father Abraham. (laughs) Uh, Fighting Jack Abrahams have not been the same since. Uh, Go back to last year. Some
3: credit you for that. Fair enough. Yeah, they
2: do. Go back to last year. Little lock of the year action. UAB.
3: Uh, like, like we Those said. Those are bold claims, too.
2: Yeah, that, pretty bold, not they weren't,
3: You weren't taking the snoozers of the week.
2: Not taking the snoozers of the week out in El Paso, although Tech played the old, uh, <laughs> out <laughs> in El Paso, uh, snoozer last snoozing, week. For sure. um, so this year, 7 and 0 UTSA, not to be confused with 6 and 1 UTEP. Right. Uh, 24th ranked in the country, uh, Jeff Trailer, 14 and 5. As the head coach
3: of the Roadrunners. Yeah, quite the turnaround.
2: Uh, uh, do, hold on, I gotta tell you something. Do a little article. The old three, two, one. We do three things we learned the previous week. Two questions going forward. One prediction, uh, for this week. Not gonna lie. One prediction for this week. Um, I said, I don't know how it happens. I don't know if it's a blowout. I don't know if it's a shootout. I don't know if it's a defensive battle. But there's just some reason there, there's something about this tech team that, I think they got a little bit more to prove. You throw into the fact they blew a thirteen point lead at UTSA in the fourth quarter last year. There's no doubt UTSA's a good football team. Uh, they've had their struggles in Ruston.
3: I, I, I the dogs gonna win this game, lock of the year. Uh, so UTSA, we saw it with UTSA. I, I almost want to throw that game out. I just felt like it, just from all fronts, it was just a total like implode. You know, like I, I don't even know if you can, you know, you just. Call it a bad day, Ben. Maybe that's what you call it. Okay, you call it a bad day. I don't know. I just—I'll th- tell you this: it was unacceptable. Right. We'll get to that. I—I'm just hoping that was just a one-off deal, you know. But—but but you said this last week. You said UTF, UTEP... UTEP was coming in with some confidence. They are and shows you. I was going to say UTSA seven and zero. Now the only teams I would say of note that they beat was they did beat Memphis, but they Memphis had a hurt quarterback or something. Yeah, right? played the backup. I played the backup, which you know.
2: You did listen. You I went mean, on the road at Illinois, at Memphis, at Western Kentucky. Listen, those are none of those teams have more than two them. wins. But you're battle tested. Like you've proved you can win on the road.
3: The only team they beat that has more than two wins right now, Memphis. seven games of the season, is Memphis. I'll I mean, tell you this.
2: My biggest concern for Tech, uh, like Jared said, UTEP was running rough shot off the edges yeah. last
3: week, Oof. and they got film on it
2: now. And UTSA is going to be better than UTEP was off the edge, so we better
3: fix it. Skillful's got to get something fixed this week. And listen, right, maybe you get an offensive lineman trained at running back and have him just run pick up blocks the whole night. I don't know. Nice. I don't know what you do. Be nice. Hey, listen, I'll tell you this too, though. Get handy back and just stick him back there to run block. I mean,
2: I think it'll be important for tech. And we've talked about this throughout the year. It hasn't been a great run game, but you got to commit to the run game to at least slow the, slow those guys down off the edge. We knew coming into the year, tech's offensive tackles, they're going to struggle with athleticism off the edge. Zero doubt about it. But if you start dropping back 79, 80% of the time, it's going to get nine. even worse. Yeah. Like, you got to make them respect Marcus Williams, Greg Garner at running back. Yeah.
3: Just a little added pressure. Uh, first time you're home in three weeks. A little homecoming game. A little homecoming. A little uh, fans a coming off just being real embarrassed How last about week. What the
2: old 6 p.m. kickoff on homecoming? Yeah, you fan? No fan? What are you?
3: Yeah. Uh, you know, actually, I had to double check today because my wife was like, what time's the game? And I was like, surely it's at 6. But then I was like, well, it's homecoming. Maybe it's at 2 It's at 6. I'm Glad I double checked. It's not
2: at. 230 cuz it's been hotter than Oh 80. yeah,
3: it's going to be 85 on well, Saturday.
2: So I'm fi- I'm
3: fine with it. I'm fine with it. Ben. I don't I'm not mad at it. I'll say this, this is a big one for the Dawgs. You you talk about you talk about wanting a season to be over. You take an L on this one. Exactly.
2: Uh, listen, your season's on the line. I-, I don't think there's any doubt about it. I'll be honest with you. When I you saw you ain't gonna be
3: bowl eligible if you lose this no, game.
2: I- I'll be honest with you. When I saw the Louisiana Tech was only a five-point underdog in that opening line, I was shocked.
3: I know, and I know you cried yourself to sleep for a month and a half when the bowl streak, the winning bowl streak, got over. I can't imagine what you'll do when we don't even get invited. Ben will be mental institution.
2: Be a rough Christmas season. I'll put it to you that way. Let's go ahead and take our next time out. When we come back, Louisiana Tech quarterback Austin Kendall will join us. You're listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio Sports Talk 97.7.
4: North Louisiana weather For tonight, we will have mostly clear skies. Lows will be 54. Wednesday, we are going to start off our day with some patchy fog, but that should be gone by mid-morning, leaving us with beautiful sunny skies. Highs will be 82 with our overnight lows 63. Thursday, we are going to continue with lots of sunshine in the area. Highs will be in the mid-80s with our overnight lows in the 50s. Friday, we are going to start off our day with mostly sunny skies, and then we have a slight chance of some thunderstorms rolling on in later in the afternoon. Highs will be 81 with our overnight lows in the 60s. Saturday, more sunshine. Absolutely beautiful. Highs will be in the 80s. I'm Tori heart on Sports Talk 97.7. Oh, Courtesy,
10: a great place to buy a car.
7: Welcome to the Courtesy Automotive Family, where you'll find seven of the leading brands, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. Two pre-owned lots, local qualified service departments you can rely on. You can shop 24-7 online at buycourtesy.com for all seven brands, plus pre owns Welcome to the Courtesy Automotive Family Rustin.
11: Louisiana National Bank is your community bank. Whether you are a small business owner or a parent helping your child open their first savings account, we look forward to working together to help you achieve your dreams. We are committed to delivering on our long-term promise, making each interaction with you more exceptional than any you have ever experienced through the convenient delivery of personal and business banking products. Ready to experience uncommon banking? Visit with our friendly staff at one of our convenient local locations or visit us online at LN.bank. Equal housing lender. Member FDIC.
6: Hey DQ fans, is there any better way to bring people together this season than the delicious Blizzard Treats from DQ? With the new fall Blizzard Treat menu, there's a little something for everyone and a lot of fall flavor in every treat. Whether it's flavors like the new pecan pie, return in pumpkin pie, the Reese's Pieces cookie dough, sea salt toffee fudge, Oreo mocha fudge, cocoa dipped strawberry, and the Royal Ultimate Choco Brownie, this just may be the greatest fall Blizzard Treat lineup ever. One way to find out is to try it for yourself today at dq happy tastes good
0: injured in an accident call creed and creed in monroe for local experienced representation this is knbb Dubak rustin monroe
1: 97.7 don't have time to keep up with louisiana tech sports the way you'd like to no worries just listen to bleed tech blue radio call or text the show at 888-993-7762
2: Welcome back, Bleed Tech Blue Radio, BC, Beck Hayes, John Tabor, Sports Talk 97.7. Join us on the hotline, Louisiana Tech quarterback Austin Kendall. Austin, how are we doing tonight?
8: Doing well, how are you guys?
2: Uh, we're doing well. So I want to jump right into it. I want to go back. Obviously, a lot has been made about your story uh, coming out of the real world, playing you, college this football. This probably the
3: first time you got this question, Austin, so listen careful. <laughs> Yeah.
2: So, so coming back to play college football, how much convincing did it take to to bring you back into a team atmosphere? And really, how much have you inv- enjoyed being back in a team atmosphere?
12: Yeah, I mean, it took, a, would say, quite a bit of convincing. Um, I decided to kind of hang it up. But uh, after talking with my family and talking to the coaches over here, I just didn't want to live uh, with any regrets of not playing my last year of football. And and I stepped right back into uh, another football uh, family and uh, loved every second of it and I'm uh, loving loving every second as, as I'm going through the season right now and uh, things haven't fallen our way obviously but uh, we're we're fighting back at it
3: awesome looking at I mean I know you're a competitor and I know you believe in yourself and in the, the team but looking at the first couple games of the season you, we have three pretty big games which tech was was in in all of them did you anticipate being in that much in those games especially Mississippi State on the first game of the season your first game in this offense were you kind of surprised by that or what, what, what did you think after that first game of Mississippi state of, of the potential for this season?
12: No, I, I knew the potential and, and the guys around us, we have a really talented team and uh, we went into that game. Um, uh, just, just the mindset we went into every game this year of, of nobody believing in us. And, uh, that's how we kind of went through it. Um, had some big plays that sparked us on offense. Uh, we started off the Mississippi state game a little, real slow, but, uh, obviously the, the touchdown above really sparked it for us. And, uh, I like to say the rest of it, the rest is history, but you know, we didn't finish there in the fourth quarter. And uh, obviously, with SMU losing to to them the last last hail mary, and then uh, NC State, we didn't capitalize twice in the red zone, which um, so I think that that hurt us in the end. But we're fighting, and uh, I love this team and love Old Dominion right now.
2: How much of an adjustment, or, or how difficult is it? Obviously, you're experienced within college football to kind of learn a, a new offense on the fly. Uh, with minimal time before the season starts?
12: Yeah, I mean, I've been now in three systems, and um, everybody has their own – Coach Colt's always said their own language, and that's what it was, is learning a new language and learning new terminology. But uh, if you go back to it, I, I've ran every route um, that we've run here. Um, so it's just really memorizing. I was When we had a little bye week before uh, the season started, I was here – and grind the whole time, even before camp with Coach Sloan. Uh, just trying to learn offense, and that's what helped me the most uh Coach, Coach Sloan, i there?
2: And, and, you know, you, you look at the, the start of this season and, and you being the quote-unquote new guy, and you got an opportunity to go through fall camp, and we understand how much of a grind that is, but you're also with your teammates. Uh, it, it feels like 24 hours a day. Being the quarterback, I mean, obviously you're the leader, of the offense whether people say you are or not they're going to look to you and, and how much pride do you take in that being that leader showing some of that toughness back in there to stand in there and take a shot or take a shot to get a first down uh like you have at various points in different games how much pride do you take in that aspect of the game
12: yeah i take a lot of pride and um, i think if you if you kind of look at the way i, play, I just want to put that out there is that I, I go out there and try to put it all out there and um, I think some of the guys they believe in me just because they see how hard I work. And um, looking back, when I was coming out of uh, in the winter, I was trying to get on a team so I could be there throughout spring, so I could be with the guys and be with them as a team and, and show my leadership. And that's that's ultimately why I decided to take a job because I didn't get a chance when I was trying to get somewhere for spring ball. Um, but fortunately, I had the opportunity to come here uh, late in the summer and uh, just clicked well and messed well with the guys, and they, they welcomed me with open arms and. Uh, I think that's what helped a lot as well.
2: Some of these young receivers, you talk about Trey Harris, uh, you mentioned Bub Means earlier. Uh, I, I know s- those two guys specifically really getting their first extended action uh, at the collegiate level. What have you seen from them uh, in terms of their talent, the way they play the game compared to some of the guys you've been around previously?
12: Yeah, they're just, uh, I'd say they're big play receivers. and um, They're big, physical, and, and they can go up and get the ball. And I think um, throughout our what, seven games now, you've been able to see that uh that they're going to go get the ball and they're going to show toughness. Um, I think it was a second down, second down uh, last week, and Trey Harris took the- took the ball on a little screen route and got popped and st- stood up and continued to run with the ball. Um, that just shows the effort and uh, physicality he has. And then by means um, you see on slant routes, he takes those fifteen yards and they're only supposed to go four. So I think the the toughness and attitude they have and the way they the transition to uh, to the actual game uh, really shows a
3: lot. Austin, awesome. You started your career at, at OU and then went to West Virginia and then coming here to Tech. Do you feel like having already changed schools and already had to relearn a new offense once before, did that kind of help with your expectations as far as what it takes to, to get assimilated into a team and a program and to, to learn what you need to learn quickly?
12: Yes, I do. Um, being with Lincoln and uh, Coach Brown, uh, at OU and West Virginia, just learning new systems and um, having to kind of transition. Um, obviously, at, at OU, I sat for three years and learned under some under some really really good guys, and then going to West Virginia having to pick up the, the offense in uh, spring ball, and then coming to Louisiana Tech and having to learn it in fall camp. I think that's what, what helped me the most of uh, just transitioning and, and kind of just I'd use the word adapting.
3: Uh, I, I got to ask you this: I mean, you, you were you, were you you were on the OU team with Kyler Murray? Is that correct? Yes, sir. Was he just out of this world as far as an athlete? Uh, did, when you got there, I guess he was there when you were a freshman. Uh, did, what was that like coming into to that caliber of a player um, looking ahead for you?
12: Oh, it's awesome. Um, obviously, when I got there in 20, 2016, Baker was a was a starting quarterback, but um, a lot of the eyes on Carter as well because he's making plays in practice that you don't see every day. So that's definitely uh, very interesting to see, and I, I had the luxury to be behind uh, both those guys and see them make some really, really phenomenal plays. And I uh, like to take some out with my game and uh, try to take some of the leadership that they used and uh, just the way they played the game as well.
3: I'll be honest, I, I was surprised at how much or how well you could run the ball. In that first game at Mississippi State when you took off, like that was an incredible introduction for you to the Tech fans. I mean, I think we Ben said you were athletic and you could run, but I mean to to, to take off on a whatever that was, 70, 59, yard. 59 yard run. I mean, that was <coughs> incredible. So, uh that, Did you yeah, almost that, run that out play, of gas that play at the was end?
12: Only supposed to go. Sorry, I was going to say that play is only supposed to go two yards. <laughs> so once I saw green grass, I was like, "All right, I can get ten. All right, I can get 20. And then I'm just like, "All right, don't let anybody catch." I me can get
3: fifty nine, but I can't get sixty, kind of a thing, you
8: know.
2: <laughs> right. um, I want to ask you too. There's such an interesting dynamic when you talk about the quarterback position, whether it's high school, whether it's college, whether it's professionally. Uh, only one guy can play, and, and you like like Beck said, you've been in a lot of different quarterback rooms. The dynamic of, you know, obviously you're competing against your counterparts, but also at the same time, whether there's J.D. Head or Aaron Allen that are behind you, or even Luke Anthony as a guy that's injured this year, um, having to pull for one another, having to make sure that the other guys are ready to go in case you do get injured. How do you kind of balance that as the starting quarterback, knowing that, hey, listen, we're all competing, but we all got to be ready to go if our name's called.
12: Right, and I think Coach Sloan does a really good job of preparing us for the week, and uh, when we're out in practice, we talk throughout plays. They obviously get reps. Uh, I get reps, so whoever's in, we're, we're all taking mental reps the whole time, and when we come off, we're asking each other what they saw here, what they saw there, um, so that helps a lot, and like you said, you have to be prepared when your number's called, and we, Coach Sloan emphasizes that to uh, the whole offense, and uh, I think just us as quarterback room uh, helping each other on and off the field helps a lot.
2: And you... Real quick, you got six more games remaining in the season. Obviously, coming off a tough defeat at UTEP last week, nineteen to three. You look ahead to this week with UTSA from the offenses perspective. What will you guys be looking uh, to improve on so that you have more success like you did uh, the first five games of the year?
12: Yeah, I think just playing with the rhythm. Uh, we got behind on the six a few few times last game, and um, just completing the ball. Uh, I didn't I didn't complete the ball like I wanted to and like I needed to, and I think that's what hurt us. Um, so just really taking control of offense and um, really just pushing the ball, um, whether it's outside, inside, and, and running the ball. Um, just playing full quarters and, and really putting it all out there.
2: Austin, tremendous stuff tonight. We appreciate you joining us on Bleed Tech Blue Radio, and uh, looking forward to seeing you guys in action Saturday night.
12: Yes, sir. Thank you guys so much.
2: Austin Kendall, Louisiana Tech starting quarterback, joins us back. Um,
3: is Kyler Murray on your fantasy football team? No, he's, I wish he was. I wish he was. I uh, figured that's why you threw that question. No, at. I just, I mean, I, I heard somebody talking about him the other day, and they were just like, when they saw him for the first time in person, they were like, or they were asking high school coaches who's the most, Texas high school coaches, who's the, the most incredible player you've ever yeah, seen, and I all see of them him. said, I mean, they were like, it's it's just, you can't even explain it. It was just little a, nugget, a little chicken nugget. It a little chicken nugget, but I mean, I'll be, Ben, I, I thought, I'm surprised. Anyways, I just I heard gotta, that, and I basically he captivated everybody that, and I was just curious, like going into a quarterback room with Baker and Kyler, just being like, pretty uh, I'm, not gonna I'm flattered, lie to you. but I'm also a little scared I'm never going to play.
2: <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Pretty jacked up to see my boy AK back on the field. Oh,
3: my gosh. Me too. And I, I really.
2: You know th- what my dream would be? What? Third and six on the first drive of the game, takes off for a scramble and runs through a linebacker. <laughs> You'd love that, huh? Oh, <laughs>
3: Love when AK lowers that right right shoulder. Such a fine line of just every time he gets hit, just being really hopeful that he, he doesn't get there. hurt. <laughs> Can't afford to play not without super Russell. optimistic. Not and super optimistic. What's behind him? Anyways, Austin Kendall, I hope he's felt welcomed in Rustin. I've certainly enjoyed watching him play. I think he's a dog. I, I love his playing style. Probably probably is resonates with me more than anybody else's. Just being tough. Uh, maybe not the most finesse person in the whole world, but gets the job done. So oh, Austin Kendall's fun to watch. He is. You never and with the ability to run, you just you just don't Listen, know. Listen, I
2: know he happen. struggled last week, but like you look at those four, first, I guess it was. Dude four didn't have games three seconds or a second to throw the ball. Either. Like the game against like North Carolina State, like the play that kind of sticks out to me is like fourth and five. You get the false start. It's like we're all cursing and we're all ticked. It's like they What a false start! It's all sides. He's like, hey guys. AK here. I'll just run for the first down. Like
3: I'll do that. Like you know,
2: and like like here's the
3: difference. Here's what you take for granted when you don't have it: a quarterback that on fourth and ten in that situation, drive back. Like you feel like you have a chance.
2: There's no yeah. There's nothing
3: right. Do you I mean, the, you take like that for a, was granted. It fourth
2: and nine at Mississippi State on the last drive, and he yeah. hits Graham for the first down. Yeah. Like it.
3: I felt like he had a chance.
2: And I think that's a, the veteran presence and, and the toughness and the moxie and, and some of those type adjectives that you use to describe a quarterback. I think he has those intangibles. And, listen, like we said, it, it was a tough outing. Uh, I don't think that game falls on Austin Kendall. Now, did he play a role? Yeah, absolutely. There, there's zero doubt no, about it. He's doing it.
3: that quarterback thing where you got to take the blame. So I, yeah. I respect it. Oh no,
2: yeah, there's no doubt about it. You love a quarterback that will take the blame and uh, be a leader. Isn't yeah. that your big thing in a yeah. quarterback?
3: Really, I like quarterbacks that will mentor other quarterbacks. You yeah, know, The ones that say they won't, i got a big problem with that.
2: Yeah, older guys in yeah. Pittsburgh that are a little <laughs> overweight. But uh, Austin Kendall has showed that moxie. Uh, throughout his first five games here at Louisiana Tech, and, and like we said, um, whether you like it or whether you don't like it, bottom line is from Louisiana Tech's perspective, game's on the line
3: Saturday evening. Right. Uh, not, excuse me, not the game. Season's on the line. The yeah, game is on the line too. You know, win you want to win the game. championship, you win this game. So you think there's still a chance? What I mean. has to happen? Went out. Went out
6: a big ask bc
2: it's a big ass let's go ahead and take our final timeout of the evening when we come back we'll wrap it up put a bow on it you're listening to bleed Tech blue radio sports talk 97.7 hey bulldog fans this is mark richardson with VMware motors in arcadia are you looking for the lowest possible price for a used car or truck my fellow Bulldog and partner Jeff Robinson has been out scouring area dealerships looking for the best possible deals. When he finds them, we bring them to V.M.ville Motors in Arcadia and pass on those deals to you. Come check us out in Arcadia, and when you do,
5: you'll be able to say, I know I got the best deal. Go dogs!
6: V.M.ville Motors in Arcadia
5: This is Jason Walker with Louisiana National Bank. No matter if you're buying your starter home or your forever home, Louisiana National Bank can take care of all of your home buying needs. Our rates and closing costs are competitive with not only your home team bank, but also those big online lenders. We have an amazing product portfolio, which means more ways to get you in your dream home, including low and no down payment options for qualified customers and properties. Conveniently apply online at ln.bank. L for Louisiana, N for national, dot bank. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lenders.
0: Walpole Tire and Service loves supporting La Tech football. And if you're going on a road trip to follow the dogs, they want you to get there safely. Count on the pros at Walpole Tire to keep your car in the game. From the largest selection of name-brand tires in the area to expert ASE certified service, including brakes, tires, and front-end repairs. Your home team for over 60 years. Walpole Tire and Service. Ruston and West Monroe
6: visit WalpoleTire.com. This is Chris Brister, owner of Brister's Smokehouse Barbecue in Ruston. The past year has been challenging, and I wanted to say thank you to all who have supported us. Without you, we couldn't serve the delicious scatter load, our great ribs, or our newest menu items, smoked wings, jalapeno cream corn, or our smoked cheddar mac and cheese. So from the Brister's family, thank you. Please come see us at 1420 Cooktown Road in Ruston.
1: You gotta love it. Tech sports, that is. That's why there's Bleed Tech Blue Radio, brought to you by Louisiana National Bank. Call or text the show at 888 993 7762.
2: Oh, how odd it is oh. to put a bow on it on a Tuesday night. Oh. I'm used to Thursday yeah, evenings. One
3: Thursday, you'll be fine. I know. Yeah, I know. PC, be... did you win in fantasy this
2: year? Uh, one in 19 in the last 20.
3: Oh. Another loss. I actually lost this week, too. Uh, Somber here. uh, Need to go check
2: out the waiver wire. Looks like Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be out again. Uh, How about the Chiefs? How about Jamal Williams with a one-burger last
3: week? (laughs) Uh, Tough to win with a running back one-burger.
2: Traded my boy Mike Davis because he looks like a fat pile of uh, (laughs) boo-boo.
3: You were so high on him. You thought that was the pick of the draft. He sucks. I, we know we know Patterson ben. is way better. Than like everybody up. knows,
2: traded for Keenan Allen. Oh yeah, bye week for him.
3: That and he scores ten points a week. My boy Mike Williams taking the snaps.
2: Uh, traded for Kyle Pitts. Uh, love former Gators. Whether it's uh, Kyle you better, Pitts. hope he pans out. Whether Kyle Pitts plays on the fantasy team or Tebow plays on the home team, the Jags. Uh, I'm all the in. Jags
3: did get a win though.
2: Jags got a dub. Oh, we forgot to mention that. How about that, Urban? Just Urban
3: needed that coach his
2: tail off. <laughs> oh, Gotta love it, tapes.
3: Did you see there was like a? I read something that was like there was other videos and everything, but they were like trying to keep him hush hush. Oh, Urban. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what I heard. Uh, Surprise, nothing, nothing wrong too. with
2: a little pimping, huh? Yeah.
3: And uh, Orseron knows a little bit about that. Uh, seems to be a thing amongst uh, college football coaches. It's got to be a weird. You know, you start thinking about like who's the guy at Florida? Not uh, Dan Dan Bolins, and you got like something like they're just some. Some of those dudes are just some weird dudes. You know, they're just some odd fellows. Uh, listen, then you got football, the guys that are like a college football
2: coach. You got to be wired a little differently.
3: You just you do, and and you either got the. I mean, you imagine like. Cliff Kingsbury when he was in – you know, like – Cliff was – it was the Cliff Show, you know. I think
2: he is still the Cliff Show <laughs> out in Arizona. <laughs> no, hey,
3: six and seven and oh, or 6 zero. Oh, I can't remember. Six and oh. 6 zero. Oh, st- do whatever he wants.
2: He's a little more probably on the party scene than a guy like old Scrub. Do you remember Jeff when Fisher. his? you
3: remember his first year as a head coach? I think it was his first year, and they were doing the draft, and he was at home, and it then was like sitting on the oh, the like his gap. awesome house. Oh, you thought he was so tight. oh, he was so tight.
2: Oh my god, he had so much gel in he couldn't even like. Yeah, yeah, we get yeah, it, we, we get it. it. Yeah, we I get it. Get it's it. pretty rough.
3: Um, do we want to take a look at uh, the no. Conference USA schedule this week? No. We've talked about Conference USA so much already, Ben. Uh, yeah, a little realignment. Um, I you, don't know what it is. I just don't ever want to hear about the other teams in Conference USA. Why is that? I don't know. I mean, tell me like what UAB did. and Well, I guess it's because I usually already know. I don't, That's, you know why. I just don't care about FIU and Charlotte. And, oh!
2: You want to throw up in a hurry? Put an <laughs> FIU game on. <laughs> is it bad? Want to throw up even twice? Put them on play in Charlotte. i will put you to sleep. Snooze fest. A little snoozer. <laughs>
3: You're it, still going to tell us, aren't you, what's going on in conference here? Today? Zero doubt Taves, about how's it. your fantasy team doing? Are you, uh, eh, he gives the hand wave? He's he, like, eh, keep talking nothing, about BC. nothing, <laughs> not much to talk about. Uh, sitting right at five hundred.
2: Oh, four and two, a, ben a three. Would, oh, what a four ben would and two, give? a three and
5: three, and a two and four.
3: What Ben would give to be five hundred. Dave, yes. What Tech would give to be five hundred. Yes. My gosh. All right, little Conference USA action this week. Little
2: Thursday night snoozer. Florida Atlantic at Charlotte uh, via Barnburner and CBS Sports Network. How about this Friday night matchup? Uh, Blue Raiders, Middle Tennessee travels to UConn. Uh, UConn got a big win. Okay, over why? Last why? Week.
3: Why is UConn attractive? For they're um, an independent, but they they are independent of wins too, right? Like they don't, yes, they true. don't ever win.
2: Yeah, but they like if you need a conference member, it's probably easier to convince an independent than convince
3: another team. Yeah, but I hope they're not like our first conference. You would say is like first, second, third call, right? Uh, I mean, has like,
2: Judy ever got the first, second, or third call right? Probably. Man, I don't not. want a team. Probably not, Beck Ains. <sighs> Uh, Rice travels to UAB, believe it's homecoming in Birmingham, perfect opponent for the Blazers. Liberty travels to North Texas, uh, believe the AAC's newest member, the Mean Green, are 23-point underdogs. (laughs) Uh, Western Kentucky at Florida International, that's a 6 p.m. Central time kickoff in Miami. Uh, Believe you could count on your hands and toes how many people will be at that game. And finally, UTSA, that's the 24th ranked yes. UTSA Roadrunners at 7-0. Hey, that'll
3: get us back on track, beating a ranked team. Uh, can Skip knock off a ranked opponent? Ben, two years ago, if I said, if I listed off UAB, LaTeX, and UTSA and asked you which team would be ranked in 2021. I said
2: you'd be an idiot if
3: you said UTSA. Yes. We, I'm shocked. And that's a credit to them. Hey, like, a Trether's big a good job. I mean, they've beaten a bunch of nobodies and then like a kind of... I mean, Memphis is okay. Beck, we banged on UTEP's schedule last week. Let's be a little yeah, careful. We probably should back off. We should back off. You know, but what I'm you saying? look at Tech schedule and you are like, man, they lost three really good teams and barely lost.
2: Listen, this is the lock of the year too. Let me tell you something. Bet the mortgage, both house and car. Go stick a meal on black at the casino. Go do what you need to do. You always talk about the games not played on paper. We know it's played on Bleed Take Blue Radio from BC's Raspy Voice. Lock of the year. Taking the dogs. Hey, hey, listen. This ain't no covering seven. This is money line, family. This is money line. You
3: got me believing. Lock of the year. You've been and you've and you were two and zero oh on lock two and oh in and, locks and of on, the year. on not easy lock.
2: I don't take cupcakes with extra icing.
3: Except you thought you were taking. a we cupcake We take this year.
2: burnt tough steaks. Hey, around here you
3: thought you took a cupcake that turned into a steak. Exactly. This year, Possibly. that's what that's what makes me nervous.
2: Lock of the year. All right, let's get into it. Louisiana Tech, seven point home to underdogs. Uh believe the over under is around oh, 58. I haven't pulled up. Haven't. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, not going to lie, going to hit the under. Louisiana Tech can't block the defensive ends of the Roadrunners. 6 p.m. kickoff. Games on stadium. I, I don't have an over under right now. Watchstadium.com. Must mean the Roadrunners have some COVID issues. Lock of the year. Kidding. <laughs> they don't have any COVID issues. Take yourself too serious out there. I got over under at 60 right here on ESPN.com. That's a lot. That is a lot. I think I'd probably lean towards the over. Beck Haynes,
3: let me hear you. You've got me believing a little bit. You know, I'm going to push some good vibes out there, Ben. I've been wrong. before. I was wrong last week, I said 42-17. to 17, Tech. Didn't think we'd score three points. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 33... All right. 33 30. Tech. Beck. Oh,
2: I just got anxiety thinking about a one score game inside the gym. Baby
3: Barnes kicks a game winner and grows a 37 beard. 37 yarder it. and grows a beard after.
2: It. <laughs> All right, Tage, what you got? Beck's got dogs 33, UTSA oh. 30.
3: A lot of field goals in this one.
5: 31 27
3: Roadrunners. Ah, oh, Tapes. Tapes. Oh, this is Bleed Tech Blue Radio now. Tapes, it's lock of the year. <laughs> Dude, he's he's doubting you, BC.
2: He's doubting the lock of the year. That's all right. Tapes can wear it next week. Hey, listen, I'll board all week against UTSA. <laughs> you, I, I've you, had hey, people coming at you, Chip. I mean, if me being wrong means a tech win, you're in. I'm in. I li- that's what I like to hear. That's tapes. what
3: somebody that's, that's going to be wrong would say. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Lock of the year right here. Dogs get back on track. Louisiana Tech 34. UTSA 26.
3: I thought you were about to say 34-21. I was about to be mad.
2: <laughs> Story of the game. You said lots of field goals. Tech forces four red zone field goals from the Roadrunners. Ultimately, they're unable to overcome these dogs. B.J. Williamson with a late interception to clinch it. So they
3: So if you're you saying they scored 24? 26. That's 26. Two oh, tutties and four okay, I got gotcha. I was going to say I was going to say your math's not working. And for one night, dog fans back off of Skip Holtz. What are we going to do if the lock of the year hits and you go 3 and out? We got to have some way to celebrate tapes. You got Donuts. some confetti in here. Donuts, air horns, thinking a poem. A poem to BC's lock of the yes, years. Yes, tapes. I could do that. Or Griff's burgers for everybody. No, I'm trying to make it. <laughs> that possible. sounds awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah tapes. So I'll give. I'll give. B. I'll give an ode to BC and his lock of the years. If if UTSA loses this game, let me tell you something. I don't know if I'm gonna
2: run Bleed Tech Blue for five years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years, forty. Hey, by years. by that time, 50 our kids, years. Peyton and, and Elizabeth, will be running it. But no doubt, I can tell you one thing. I'll never miss a lock of the year. (laughs) You heard it here first. Give me the dogs.
3: Terrible last words before we sign. Want to
2: thank Jared (laughs) Kalmas, Alamo Dome, Audible. Want to thank Tech quarterback Austin Kendall, Louisiana Tech, UTSA, 6 p.m. kickoff. On Stadium, Saturday night inside Joe A. Stadium. Thanks for listening to Bleed Tech Blue Radio for BC. Beck John Tabor, we'll see you.
1: Thanks for listening to the Louisiana National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show on Sports Talk 97.7, brought to you by Courtesy Automotive Group, Walpole Tire, Brister's Smokehouse Barbecue, Dairy Queen, and Bienville Motors. Join us every Tuesday at 6 p.m. with your host Ben Carlisle on the Louisiana National Bank Bleed Tech Blue Radio Show on Sports Talk 97.7.
10: And that's 25 years. 25 players, 25 years. And I've thought about it. I've kind of gone back and forth. And I would say I've landed on the spot of I agree with you. Okay. Because what that would do is keep things honest. Like, there are a lot of players in this era – that people might think are better than the guys back in the day. Some of the guys back in the day, particularly the guys from really early, because you know, they didn't—they the never NBA. saw them play. There's no videotape. They, they, so right. And it's and easy to it dismiss real. those guys. Uh, yeah, a George Mike and a uh, Paul Arizona, were they as good? But I was glad to see George Mike and still on the list. He should be on the list. He was dominant early on. And I get it. Would he would he hold a candle to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? No, but no. all those players. But in are that bright. era, right? He he was the man, and you got to give him credence. So, um, I'm with you. And I, I I just think Rob, if you open it up, which they did, but I think I think they'll do a good job. But it lit, what if you got 40 players over the next 25 years, and some of them didn't come close to a championship? Some didn't of them, you know what I mean? Play. like They but you just they were really good. But so I, I think you. This would keep it honest, and then twenty-five years from now, it's going to be another twenty-five, and that would give each era, kind of its, you know, its validity, so to speak. Right. So I, that, I'm that with would you be here. on here. Yeah. I, I, if, if you're doing it the other way, then yes, people have to come out, but you shouldn't add and then well, subtract yeah, right. people from the original list because then, as you, you make, said, it, it doesn't really make sense that I made the top fifty, but. I'm